0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles.
0: Coming
2: up on NBA Today with the news that the Raptors are the current frontrunners for Damian Lillard. Could other teams boost their offers before the season starts? Bobby Marks, he fires up the trade machine for us. And the Lakers, they fell short in the Western Conference Finals last season. But, Richard, are they the biggest threat to the Nuggets' throne? Big perk, he spies something spicy. No, it's not wings. Plus, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr spoke about his new point guard and whether or not he will start for the four-time champions. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. He is the one and only Richard Jefferson. I am Malika Anders. Don't you worry, Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins. They will be joining us shortly. Oh, we're dancing today oh on this fine Tuesday the, the, the because we are one week away, Richard Jefferson, from training camp. That means it is decision crunch time for James Harden and, yes, Damian Lillard. And yesterday on our show, Hall of Famer Mark Spears reported that the Toronto Raptors, they have entered with momentum to trade for Damian Lillard. The two NBA executives told Mark Spears they expect Lillard to be traded before media day, which is October 2nd for most teams. And if you don't know, now you know, that is just six days away. So we know the preference, right, for Damian Lillard is Miami. He said it over and over again here. But Richard Jefferson, what is your reaction to hearing that all of a sudden here comes Masai Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors?
3: You know what I hear? I hear best and final offers are ready best and final offers October 6th everybody was talking about Miami everybody was talking about all these different teams well Toronto jumped in and if you know Masai and if you know what happened with Kawhi and how this man will go all in and build out a team you know that that's a real threat they convinced they convinced Kawhi to come there and play and go all in and win a championship maybe he believes he can convince Dame Lillard also so for me, I think this is an alert more than it is to Toronto. I think this is the Toronto thing is one thing. I think this is alert to every single team that the Blazers aren't playing give us your best and final.
2: As promised, Kendrick Perkins is with us as well as Zach Lowe. So Perk, who should Toronto be willing to deal in order to get a player of Damian Lillard's caliber here?
1: Well, it makes no sense to give up OG and Pascal Siakam in my opinion. I think you got to you know, probably package up Scotty Barnes and uh the kid Boucher and some picks if they have them. I don't know. I haven't dove too much into those details as far as their picks. But still in all, even if you pair up, you know, Pascal Siakam with Damian Lillard and OG, is that enough? Right. Is that enough to get you out of the East? And I don't think so. Like, I still would have. Milwaukee and the Celtics above them, along with the Philadelphia 76ers, although they're going through drama. But again, Dame loves to go to places where he, you know, have to grind through things. And another thing about the Toronto Raptors, they don't have Nick Nurse no more. They have a first-year head coach and Coach Darko, who I had with me as an assistant in Oklahoma City when I was playing there. But, you know, that's not Nick Nurse. That's not Nick Nurse. So if I'm Damian Lillard, you know, hey, I'm making them phone calls to Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio saying, hey, bro, what y'all go do? Mm. You know where I want to be at, but what y'all go do? I
2: mean, maybe there's something that I'm not seeing here, Zach, but it just doesn't seem to me that adding Damian Lillard, unlike when Kawhi Leonard was added to the Toronto Raptors, that it's like, oh, yes, here we have a recipe for all of a sudden inner circle contender. Am I missing something?
4: First of all, the Kawhi comparisons are just off-base. It's apples to oranges. It's totally different situations. Totally different situations. Totally different players. Totally different context. Totally different everything. Now, to Perk's point, the question the Raptors have to ask themselves is this. Given what the price is going to be, if we get Damian Lillard in the door, are we ready from day one to win a championship. And it doesn't look on paper at first glance, like if you assume Ananobi is the main piece going out, that Dame plus Siakam plus Barnes, which is an interesting and strange age range for your three best players, right. and Pirtle and whatever's left over is enough. But then you look at the East, you see a little bit of uncertainty in Milwaukee. You see Boston trying to reimagine itself with Christoph Porzingis. You see Philly just doing Philly things as they always are. And if you get Dame, that means Miami doesn't. And so maybe you don't look on paper like a true blue stone-cold lock contender, but you can see a little bit of the vision. And then the next question is, if, we, if it turns out we're not, if it turns out we're not good enough, have we traded too much stuff mm. to make the next move? to get us good enough? And I think those are two very difficult questions without easy answers. The Kawhi deal was an absolute low-risk, no-brainer for the Raptors. This is not that. Right. But no risk, no wait,
3: wait, wait. No risk, no. They what was the let risk, Richard? they what let was the go risk? of Demar Derozan. It, it, it was a come on. There's a huge risk. If they don't win that, Stop. then Kawhi leaves. Stop. Now they've lost. They lost their future and they lost anything <clears throat> what they had going in the past. Do not say now. Yes, the, it is different because Kawhi only has one year left on his contract. Dame is there for multiple years. But at the end of the day, they're going to try and go all in and convince a player that this is what it is. The difference is, I don't think they're championship ready the same way that when they got Kawhi, they were championship ready. But there are some similarities. Don't say apples and oranges. It's Monday and I'm grumpy Zach. It's Tuesday. Same Richard. difference.
1: It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> oh,
2: who else is going to correct me? Uh, me, all oh, show everybody. long. Bobby Marks, I mean, was, the adults in the room, right? is ready to fire up the trade machine for us. Because, Bobby, what we do not know, right, is the exact framework of what a Damian Lillard deal could look like for Toronto. But what we do know, it was once labeled sort of month to month. The process Joe Cronin said, we, we will see how this is, could stretch out. Now it feels like we're in crunch time. It feels like we're in day to day. So if you, Bobby, are a member of Portland's contingent of decision makers, what's kind of eating at you right now
5: well what's eating at me is I have the second youngest roster and I have eight players under the age of 23 and I don't want to go into media day with Damian Lillard on my roster and although Lillard will likely report I don't want to enter the season with a distraction here and that's why I've got two sets of artificial deadline media day to make a Lillard de- a, a deal and October 23rd which is the last day of the offseason here why I say the 23rd is that's when rosters be, have to be shrunk to 15 players. It is a lot easier to make a 4-for-1 or a 5-for-2 Damian Lillard trade in the next two to three weeks right now.
2: Right. And, Bobby, while we have you here, Mark Spears, he also said that the Bucks. The Bulls, the 76ers, the Celtics, they have all expressed interest in Damian Lillard. And I don't know, Milwaukee, Boston, I'm not sure that what they give up, it makes much sense. The interest makes sense, but I just don't see a deal there. Can can you tell me which deals do make sense? Why are these so incredibly complicated?
5: Well, we'll start with Milwaukee. When you're looking at a player like Drew Holiday, who's got a player option for next year, is entering the last year of his contract, what does he do for you in Portland? That's why you would have to get a third team involved, and is that team willing to give up draft assets? I think Boston is interesting, and I know we talked about him on Monday on the show. I didn't see a Portland-Boston trade because what is – uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams do for, um, Portland. What happens if we get a third team involved okay. and that's where I'm looking at it from the Celtics perspective. So let walk me through it here. We're going to send Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams to Phoenix. Okay. We're going to send a Luke Kinnett mm. and Sam Hauser and Jordan Walsh to Portland, right? We've got to get the money to work where we're sending out $40 million in contract. Remember, Boston's got up to five first round picks that they can trade. put in a trade. We're gonna send Damian Lillard to the Boston Celtics, and that third team is the Phoenix Suns. Mm. And we're gonna bring them in and send DeAndre Ayton to Portland. Now that trade works, and as you can see how complicated it is, That's why you would have to get a third team involved if you're the Boston Celtics.
3: And and look, of all the trades, if you're talking about moving the needle, now defensively, obviously, there's some issue. I like Dame there. I also like Dame in Miami. Those are the two places that, again, which you broke down. You're able to keep your core. You're going to spend a lot of money in the next few years, but you're able to keep your core and go all in. And look, given that their fourth quarter game is not the best, if if you're asking me in Boston, to have a guy like Dame there, that would be special. That would free up those guys. Zach?
4: Three things. Number one, the Boston deal is problematic because then you have four Absolutely gigantic long-term salaries on your books at the same time. And Dame, Porzingis, the Jays going forward. Can you afford to pay that? Can you build a team around that? Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Number two, the biggest mystery around the league right now is Are the Blazers really just going to cut Miami out of this? Are they not going to re-engage with the Heat at the last minute? No one really knows the answer to that for sure other than the top people on the Blazers, and they're not telling. And number three, Bobby just mentioned a whole bunch of teams and that Portland would like to get this done by media day or whatever deadline they have. All these other teams have deadlines, too. Mm. None of these other teams want to go into training camp with all their players and trade rumors unsure where they're going to be playing, which is why I think we're seeing this push this
3: week, this weekend, whatever it ends up being. Zach, well said. Well well said. You started off slow this morning, right, a little grumpy, but like th- that was well said.
1: Perk, go ahead. Well, number one, Zach, yes, Boston is willing to go in because they're a city of champions and this championship of bus. And number two, the Portland Trailblazers don't owe, I mean, the Miami, the Portland Trailblazers don't owe the Heat a damn thing. So they don't have to wait on them. They don't have to engage with them. It's on the Heat to start calling and making the best package that they could put it available to make sure that they get Damian Lillard. It's not on Portland to make it work with the Miami Heat, to, to just be honest. And thirdly, Bobby, I actually like that for the Phoenix Suns. We probably would see a Celtic Suns matchup in the finals if that trade was to actually happen. Oh. You get Robert Williams at the center position, who will play his role of Malcolm Brogdon coming in off the bench. Hey, Bobby, I see you in your bag. We haven't even started yet. The season hasn't even started. Bobby in We're still in the right season, but I love it's this. It's fine. What day is it? Yeah. Really? It is
2: Tuesday. Bobby and all bags. I'm saying, guys, all I'm saying is that they have six days until training camp to figure all of this out. We have six days to continue talking about it. NBA Today rolls on after this with some questions. Are LeBron and the Lakers the biggest threat to the Nuggets this season? What do you think, Rich? I know Big Perk. He tells us the key for Los oh. Angeles to win another title. plus new season, new hardware. We have a special announcement. It is exclusive. It is right here on NBA Today, and it is sure to give the in-season tournament some flair. You do not want to miss that. And hear what Steve Kerr had to say about how he is thinking about his lineups with Chris Paul in the mix. Yes, we're talking about Golden State starters. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team.
1: NBA Today is brought to you by sherwin Williams. Ask sherwin Williams to help bring your color to life.
6: Because of my background, obviously, when Magic and I started this thing, we said the most important thing was excellence.
1: This franchise hasn't won in, in the last few years, but we want to get back to winning. Back to back! <laughs> this city breathes stars and they breathe winners, and I'm a winner.
4: Let's go. Oh, Say it with your chest! Dominate One, two, three.
7: <laughs> This is not where we're finished. The job is not done. This is what I came here for, playing for championships and competing for championships. Be a part of this franchise, getting back to where it belongs.
2: So three years ago, today, the Lakers defeated the Nuggets in the bubble on their way to LeBron James winning his fourth ring and finals MVP. But since then, my friends, it has been all Denver because we know what happened next, right? Denver swept LA on their way to winning the franchise's first NBA title. And four weeks from today, baby, the Nuggets are going to be raising a championship banner with who watching? Yeah the Lakers. So, if the Lakers want to dethrone Denver this year, they're going to need Anthony Davis to look like he did in the 2020 playoffs. Now, take a look at this. He did tell our Dave McMiniman that, once again, he wants to play power forward more than center, and he may have a point because when you look at the positional breakdown from the title year versus last year, that's all I'm saying. So, to find out how the Lakers are going to get back on top of that championship mountain, hang banner number 18. We say hello to the one. The only. Kendrick mm-hmm. Perkins. Perk, tell us how they're going to get it done.
1: Well, well, you know, Malika, I'm always sitting back and I peep game from a player's position. And at this moment, I see a problem for the Western Conference. And I spy. I spy. I'm Kendrick Perkins, better known as Big Perk. And nothing gets past me. Freeze! Just when you thought it did get past me, there I am. I spy a problem. I spy it all. Carry the hell on. <laughs> you know, no Richard, no Malika, no Zach, no Bobby. This is all me. This is my moment. And I spy a problem. Yes, we saw the Denver Nuggets win the championship last year and represent the Western Conference, but they lost Bruce Brown, they lost Jeff Green, and guess what the Lakers did? They added pieces, and they're going to be a problem, not only for the Western Conference, but for the rest of the league. What they were missing? A dynamic roller. Ah! The addition of Jackson Hayes. Look at the young fella. Athleticism. Anthony Davis don't want to play the five. He don't have to. And guess what? They got him for the low. And then they went out and they went got Christian Woods. Right? We talk about him. We talk about his versatility, being able to stretch the floor, being able to go out there any given night and put up 20 and 10. And then one of the most underrated Probably the most important offseason addition was Gabe Vincent. We saw what he did all postseason for the Miami Heat. Put him alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it's going to probably be a problem. It is going to be a problem for the West and for the rest of the league. Rob Pelinka did his thing and I see the Lakers offseason moves being a huge problem for everybody.
2: Perk, thank you. My first time just spot. A... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's how Perk feels about the Lakers, their offseason, who they yeah. added. Uh, but, Zach, I do want to get your input here. Do you think they did enough to contend with the Nuggets in really a loaded Western Conference?
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't spy a prediction in that in that whole monologue. Did, did Perk predict that the Lakers are going to win the West at any point, or did he just rattle off all these great offseason signings? Perk, it's did I spy early. a it's prediction? It's
1: too early, Zach. It's too early. It's too early. It's too early. Okay. I, said I, spy a I just wanted to make sure I didn't I didn't yeah.
4: miss I didn't miss spy. I didn't I didn't miss any spying. Uh, compete with the <laughs> Nuggets, absolutely. Perk Perk is on point. The Lakers added just about every kind of skill that they needed. Austin Reeves is going to make another leap. The question, I think, is two things. Number one, they didn't really address who's guarding Nikola Jokic, and maybe there just is no way to address that, and it doesn't matter, and you just have to do your best and switch up schemes and all that. The second thing on Anthony Davis playing power forward versus center is fascinating because I think the way to at least test the Nuggets is to stretch their defense out as wide as possible, which means... All the shooting you can muster around Reeves, LeBron, and A.D., which would not mean Jackson Hayes or any kind of traditional center would give in Jokic a place to kind of chill near the rim on defense. The Lakers have the lineup flexibility to get there, but Anthony Davis is going to have to buy in to that vision because I think they're going to need that card and play it heavily if they're going to be able to topple the Nuggets in a playoff series.
3: Uh, Zach, you said it perfectly. <clears throat> They have enough to get there. I actually think the Lakers have enough to win a championship. But a lot of times in order to get there, you have to go and beat the champion. And so once you get there, look, when they beat the Denver Nuggets, and they weren't the Denver Nuggets in the bubble, but when they beat that team, you look at their bigs. They had Dwight Howard. They had JaVale McGee. They had Anthony Davis. They had big depth. Jackson Hayes is a great addition for 82 games. He might be a great addition for the first round. But against Jokic, I don't know if he is that player yet that can give them 20, 22, 25 minutes a night yep. and just defend Jokic the way that needs to be done. So what does that mean? Like Zach said, it's going to be Anthony Davis versus Jokic. And in that battle, currently right now, I give it to Jokic. I give it to Jokic. I give it 1.5 to Jokic in the sense of that as great as Anthony Davis was, there was another level that Jokic
1: went on. So... They have enough to get there, sure.
3: but it's still going to be Anthony Davis versus Jokic.
1: Uh-oh. Well, it's two things, Richard. One, you know how hard it is to win back-to-back championships. Hell, it's hard to just reach the finals back-to-back. You, uh, you understand that. i done a two, couple times. The Milwaukee – I mean, the Denver Nuggets lost two valuable pieces in Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. Okay, number three. We all know this. You know this because you was in a locker room and you actually won a championship with him. LeBron James brings out the best in every player that he plays with. We saw how J.R. Smith, when he got to Cleveland, rose to the occasion. We saw what he did for Tristan Thompson. Hell, we saw what he did for you. So think about when he get in that locker room, when Jackson Hayes get in that locker room alongside LeBron James and LeBron takes him under his wing, it's going to be a completely different player, not just from on the court, but his professionalism, something that he needs. We're not going to dive into that, but you know, down in your heart, you want to sit on national television right now and actually pick the Lakers to come out of the West, but you're scared to do it.
3: Well, you just did a full monologue and said, It's too early. It's too early. I'm not
2: picking that yet, Zach. So don't mind well, put
1: me the We're now-
3: gonna this. get
2: of this matchup on October twenty-fourth, on <laughs> ring night, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and we have four more weeks for you two to go back and back and forth. Zach, if you could please come back to LA and help me, that would be great. Still ahead on NBA today. No, thank I mean, we're you. talking about the deadline. <laughs> we're talking about the Hamptons five, Steve Kerr. He knows how to get the most from his team. But what will he do this season now that Chris Paul is in the mix? Here from Steve Kerr Plus. Brianna Stewart, she is your 2023 WNBA MVP. But how can she stop her liberty from going down 0-2? What's resting on the newly minted MVP shoulders tonight? And coaches, executive scouts voted for best player, off-season winners, losers, early championship predictions. They made a prediction. Richard and Perk weigh in. We'll be back.
3: Perk can't make no predictions.
8: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
6: To be fair, I think this team ultimately maxed out. This is not a championship team. If we were, we'd be moving on.
5: Mr. Breaking News, Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors as they try to maximize this window. CP, let's
3: get it. I mean, I'm excited. They ain't got no choice but to be a whole lot of fun.
5: Draymond Green is coming back. Back with the brothers, back with the band. The championship window is still
3: open for the Warriors.
2: Four championships in nine years. The Warriors have cemented themselves as the latest dynasty in a long history in the NBA. And Golden State has kept its core intact. That being, of course, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steve Kerr. But one can argue that the organization has never seen this much change during its dynasty run. I mean, longtime GM Bob Myers stepped down. Mike Dunleavy Jr. stepped in. Jordan Poole is out. 12-time All-Star Chris Paul is in. You got all that? Well, here is what Steve Kerr had to say about his new point guard and starting lineup.
6: I really like Chris because he likes phone calls and not texts. So Chris is old school. He, he wants to talk. And uh, we've, we've had four or five great conversations this summer. Um, we basically have six starters, I mean, the way I look at it. And um, only five can, can go each night. So um, I haven't decided yet uh, what we're going to do. I want to see training camp. We're going to try different combinations and, and take a look. Obviously, all six guys are going to play. Uh, a lot of minutes for us Um, but you know if this is going to work then everybody has to embrace it regardless of who's starting and who's not it it only works if uh, if the whole team buys in and one thing I know about all of them is they want to win more than anything they're an incredibly competitive group and I'm very confident that we'll we'll figure it out and and the guys will uh, will buy in and find a way.
2: Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins have little to no experience off the bench, right? While Clay, Dre, and Kavon Looney, they have the most reps. You can see on your screen here how many times they have started, how many times they've been a reserve. I just want to draw everyone's attention to the top there. Chris Paul, 1,214 starts. Zero coming off the bet. So back here with Zach, with Richard, with Perk. Uh, Rich, you played for eight different teams. Mm-hmm. You started in 68.5% of your games. You've been uh, a key player off the bench. Like this. You've been a key player as a starter. Uh, How how important do you think are defined roles here?
3: Well, this is the thing. I like to round it up and say that I started 69% of my games in the NBA. And with that, the one thing that I learned is how you adjust. We've looked at multiple Hall of Famers in the past, let's say, five to seven years. Let's talk about Carmelo Anthony. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Guys that need to transition to extend their career. It doesn't mean that they're not great. It just means the situation that they're in. Now, Chris Paul is a starting point guard on 95% of the team in this league he's a starter on 98 with the golden state warriors and the way that they are formatted it doesn't look like he is going to be the best fit for them all year long and that's why that zero number is a big number do i believe that at some point in time chris paul will come off the bench at least once or twice this year yes why because the warriors over the entire steve kerr era has had multiple lineups for when they need it most. It doesn't matter if it's the Hampton Five, if it's the death lineup. They have a different lineup for whatever their team needs, and it has been successful at a level that we have never seen before. Steve Kerr has been a master at that. So Looney, Chris Paul, it depends on who you're playing, it depends on what you got, but I think ultimately, as long as they're focused on winning a championship, they'll figure it out. What do you think, Zach? Who cares? <laughs> um, you don't care what
1: Zach thinks? Well, no, Park, you're gonna say, no. you're going to say who I cares, I don't, I don't you don't not, care no, what Zach, Zach thinks. I'm, that's I'm, I'm, who cares who started? Who cares yeah, who started? Well, if it's, it's it, about championships, it's who then. finished the game. But who cares? But
2: that's the question. That's Who cares? Well, if nobody cares, then that's fine. But all indications right now are that Chris Paul maybe cares a little bit whether or not he starts. Yeah,
3: but so did Russell Westbrook. So did, so did well, Romero Anthony. So did these guys that are in the latter yeah. third of their career. Fair enough. If you want to go play for a championship, you've you got to give up something. That, that, like,
2: whatever that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Sacrifice is a key piece of a championship, but just a matter of who you're asking to do it. Right, Zach?
4: But to me, if it were me, I would bring Chris Paul off the bench just because the main reason I got Don't. him is to lift up the offense when Steph Curry rests, which has been a problem for like 10 years. They just can't score enough points in those minutes. That's what Chris Paul is there for. To maximize that, it makes more sense to bring him off the bench. But look, Steve Kerr's telegraphing it right now. He's telling us what's going to happen. We're going to see every iteration possible of the Warriors. We're going to see Chris start sometimes. We're going to see Looney start sometimes. We're going to see big lineups. We're going to see small lineups. I do think it's worth noting... That Chris Paul version of the starting lineup is not the Hamptons Five. And by the way, I always hated that nickname. It's not the Death that. Lineup. Those lineups were gigantic. Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. Andre Iguodala is huge and one of the best perimeter defenders of all time. Harrison Barnes, before Kevin Durant, is like six eight. Steph, Chris, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond is much smaller and much older than those lineups ever which is why. We can talk about Chris Paul every show if we want. We can do it. And he's going to be important to their team. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, as young guys that were the product, two of those three lottery picks that they got when they were down, and one of them, James Wiseman, is already gone. Those guys fit the death lineup bill. Those guys fit the size and the skill set. And it's going to be time if the Warriors are going to win the championship and make the finals, and I think they can do both. It's time for those guys to contribute a little bit more, which is why I took special note. Of what Steve Kerr said about Kaminga yesterday and what a great summer he's had, yep. how excited he is for him, because that situation got a little out of whack last playoffs when Kaminga wasn't playing and wasn't happy about it. And I think Steve's Kerr com- Steve's comments yesterday were a clear indication we've got to repair that and get something out of him this year.
2: Certainly, the core question for Golden State is yeah, who is going to be in the rotation in that core group who was going to start for them. But they're also making some tweaks around the edges here. We have some news, according to our Warriors reporter Kendra Andrews. From Free agent guard Rodney Magruder is finalizing a deal to attend training camp with Golden State. He spent the last three seasons in Detroit, Ill. where he averaged five and a half points per game. But Richard, Magruder has a little history with the Warriors. Do you remember this?
3: Oh, I remember every bit of NBA petty history. Should we roll it? Spectacular
6: tonight. Warriors, five players, double Reporter Clay had fun with it. <laughs> What's Magruder doing over there? There's a What's little scuffle happening. What's going on over there, Clay? this dude might be out the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? Wow. Uh, like he's a good player or something. It's like, bro, easy. get out of here. You might be sorry, all right, we're done. Easy. <laughs> when the f
1: Rodney Magruder become the tough guy of the team. Like f over there talking f- like he's a team tough guy. Get the hell out of here. I know ain't nobody scared of no damn Rodney Magruder. Rodney. F- tough guy.
3: Wait, where? Where? Okay, listen, listen. I, I want all of America. You just watched the clip of these guys kind of going at Roddy, uh, at Magruder, right? But, but hear me out. There's more history with Chris Paul. There's more to repair with Chris Paul than there is to repair with Magruder. So all those videos and that one singular moment, when you get into camp, think Matt Barnes and Kobe Bryant. Once you get into camp and people see your competitiveness and all that, that's fine. The real history is Chris Paul. I'm not worried about that history. The real history is Chris Paul. I just
2: just love the Rodney. (laughs) Rodney, that's uh, my favorite part. Hey, Perk, did you see this video of Steph Curry? He is getting his off-season workouts in as well. He is running sand dunes. This is in Dubai, I believe. Parker, are you getting in on this workout?
6: What's going on
1: here? No, I'm not good for him. I hope he runs a couple extra for me. But look, this is what greats do. This is why Steph Curry is one of the most conditioned players ever to play the, the game of basketball. And like, people don't see these behind the scenes, but I'm glad he's showing this footage because these young players need to see it. One comment, though, Malik, on the Magruder situation. Of course. I have two sons that play sports, okay? Yes, you do. Both of them, they're football, basketball, and the TV one thing I weekend. always tell that. them is that yep. you're not, you're not going to win every game. You may lose some. You are going to lose some. But the number one thing in my household that I preach is that you're going to make, make sure that that opponent respect you when you leave the floor. And although Draymond and Klay Thompson was talking all that noise, Magruder made them respect him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on this roster. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond Green and Rodney wouldn't end up as best friends, probably close, closer than, you know, any other, you know, newcomers that just got added to the team. I'm looking at Draymond and Rodney. I'm saying, you know what, Draymond is going to like this young man, because of what he brings to the table in his tenacity. They have the similar mindset.
2: I just know I that guess. I'm going to start saying Richard's name. Richard. That's what going to say. That's what everyone go. says. Yeah, that's it's a nice note to end on. Coming up here on NBA Today, we're going to hear from Brianna Stewart after winning her second MVP. Also, Andrea Carter comes on to
3: preview. Oh.
2: Versus the Sun. NBA Today, we'll be right back.
3: She's been killing the game
7: calls.
2: Andrea, yeah, absolutely. She's been
7: It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
9: I want to be the best on the basketball court. I can't stand to lose.
6: Brianna Stewart with the finger roll.
9: Nobody can stay with her one-on-one feels like I made the right decision. When in doubt, rely on Stu York. She is feeling it right now. The
4: points of Liberty history. Man, it's
9: look like you're going to win MVP.
2: In what was the closest three-way race in league history, the New York Liberty's Brianna Stewart has been named the 2023 WNBA MVP. She's the first Liberty player ever to win the award. On her way to winning her second MVP, Stewart set career highs in scoring at over 23 points per game while also setting new highs in assists and double-doubles. And that helped the Liberty set a franchise record with 32 wins. She now becomes one of only six players to have multiple titles and MVP. But take a look at this. This is how close the race was, the closest in league history, and this is how it breaks down. This is interesting here. Alyssa Thomas actually received the most first and third place votes But Stewie edged out Thomas and Asia Wilson with total points. So, welcoming in our ESPN basketball analyst, Andrea Carter, here with us now to get ready for tonight's games. Andrea the Liberty, they could not get it going against Alyssa Thomas and the Sun in game one. Now, Alyssa Thomas is going to have even more motivation. What can they do offensively to make sure that Stewie is more efficient tonight?
9: Yeah, Malika, so good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry you have to deal with Richard all the time. It's painful. And at times, that's what New York Liberty's offense looked like the other night against Connecticut. It looked painful. Brianna Stewart had 25 field goal attempts, but it was because at times she was her only option. This is what they need spacing. You see the ball screen action here. The paint is wide open because it's a middle ball screen. Look how physical Rebecca Allen is with Brianna Stewart. She has to be ready for that again tonight, but these opportunities where she can elevate, where she can see the rim, where she has a high release point because she's working off of the cut, those are the type of shots that have to get mixed in more for Brianna Stewart. Same thing on this play. Look at the spacing. Five players all above the paint, leaves the paint and the right side of the floor wide open. You've got an inverted ball screen action to try and get the mismatch for Brianna Stewart. Dawana Bonner's playing in help side, but as soon as the pass is made, she has to give attention to John Paul Jones, and now Stewie can make her basket cut. Again, spacing, being on the move. We saw glimpses of it on Sunday against Connecticut, but for the most part, We saw stagnant offense from New York. They've got to get movement. They've got to get spacing against, like you said, a Connecticut team that's going to be fired up to defend who they think should have won the MVP. Andrea, thank you so
2: much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. We will see you tonight on WNBA Countdown. This certainly feels like a must win for the Liberty. Tonight on ESPN and the app, we're going to have game two of the doubleheader in the WNBA playoff semifinals. Sun, Liberty, 8 Eastern. And then we have the Wings and the Aces. The Sun and Aces both up one game To none. WMA Countdown gets it all started. Still to come on NBA Today, the self proclaimed face of the in season tournament is joining the show. And trust me, you are going to want to see who that is. I don't want to say star, I don't want to say superstar. That's coming up next.
7: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC.
4: Give me some details. How did
5: this thing come about and what's it going to look like? The NBA has been talking about this for years.
3: All 30
6: teams will participate in our very first ever NBA in-season tournament. Oh, yes! So
1: the NBA just dropped a mid-season tournament. Interesting. Defying
3: gravity! Finally, you have something that allows teams to be
5: super engaged early in the season. I
2: really feel like it's going to be the young stars Uh that are going to thrive
9: in this sort of thing. Oh my
6: goodness! Every single team has a chance to win this cup.
2: The inaugural NBA in-season tournament, it starts on November 3rd. And just as a little bit of a reminder, all 30 teams, they're going to be in it in six groups of four, separated by conferences. Now, the games are going to happen on Tuesday and Friday nights, and they also count in normal NBA standings. So certainly there is a lot to be excited here for the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. Lights okay? Malika, Malika, Are you wearing I just a smoking jacket?
3: Yes, I am. Well, hold on a second. This is America. We're talking about Vegas. We're gonna take off one more button. No. I would give two, but you know what? We didn't put a disclaimer like the Pat McAfee show. No, that's coming next season. But I just want to say this: I am so honored. The NBA and ESPN—they got together and they, they didn't. Well, well, they basically said, Richard, would you like to be the director of ambiance? No one asked that. Tournament, and I was like 100%. Do we know what that means, Malika? No, do we know what that means? It's but what not a real we thing. No, is that? We are going to have the vibes. And you saw this. You yeah, saw sphere. this beautiful sphere in Las Vegas. And guess what? Me and my guy, Jimmy Dolan, I know we, we've had a little fractured relationship Your guy? with him in the Knicks. Yeah. But this oh, is no. what we are in discussion. My bald head will be the first bald head ever in the Las Vegas sphere to celebrate the in-season tournament and all of the beautiful things. Look at this handsome man. The bald head, it just fits perfectly inside of that sphere. My bald head will be the first one, and we are going to get to celebrate perk the in-season tournament. Perk, perk help. Oh, um, wait, wait, help. wait, 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 <laughs> Malika. I got you a card. I got cards made. I don't know I, where they apology? are. They're, they're somewhere in one of my back pockets. <laughs> I might have given them out to all the people. Here you go. This is for you. What this is for it? You. This is for you. Uh, Would you like one? Would you like one? Here, I'm handing these cards out to everyone. Handing these cards out to everyone. Yes. What did they, do they my, say? What, what did they say? They said the director of ambiance. Jefferson? Yes. I don't know. Everyone gets a card. Here you go. Richard oh. Riz oh, Jefferson, yes. MBA director everyone of ambiance. Everyone gets ambience. a card. Just want to make sure my, has my at on it, everyone. <laughs> Make sure you guys know. Thank you, thank you. We're gonna follow me around. You yeah, know, look, we work the we worked the road. You know, that's what a Vegas law, lounge singer does. He works the crowd. How you ladies doing over there? Make I just sure want are... oh, to draw attention to what it says. <laughs> oh. It Here says, go. "Hey,
2: hey." Reach me Give by a DM. Out to your you oh, know what my. I'm saying? Give a couple out to your friends. You know what I'm saying? You know? Ambiance <laughs> and vibes aside, uh, let's try <laughs> no. to get this thing back on track. On, I'm not go. sure that that is gonna be possible. No, just a little no, we're reminder done. We're done. How the pods? I'm not gonna be serenading
3: people like because
2: like I don't want to get, get nobody Yorkans. in trouble. Uh, Zach, when you look at this field of teams, please, please, let's put the ambiance <laughs> of it aside. Give us a bold prediction for the first ever in-season tournament.
4: Does Richard even know how the in-season tournament works? Like, I gotta look at his face up on the sphere. He gave himself a job title. Does he even know how the thing works? I'm not even sure I know how the thing works, but I'm gonna make a bold prediction anyway. Put up the groups. I want to see the groups that the teams are in. Minnesota is gonna win their group, and you know what? I don't care. (laughs) I'm calling my shot today. The Minnesota Timberwolves are winning the inaugural in-season tournament. Pressure's on, Timberwolves. I'm calling my shot. Richard, nobody wants a director of ambiance.
2: Stop. Minnesota winning. That's pretty what? spicy. Perk, can you top that?
1: I'm calling it now. I, I think I can. All right. And I, and, I, and I know I will. I don't know if I could top Richard with that segment and whatever Please he just try. put on wasting five minutes of our time. But I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't even know how the end season tournament works. I'm just going to go by game by game, but I'm going with the Thunder to win it, okay? They're going to win the in season tournament. They have too many young players. SGA is a young superstar to yep. make it. I can't wait to see what Chet Holmgren is going to bring to the table, and we know what those William boys are doing over there. So, look. I got them coming out on fire. I got them winning the in uh, season tournament.
2: I certainly think it benefits those teams that have the young stars that really have something to play for. Uh, speaking of the Oklahoma City Thunder, before we bounce, just a quick look at Shea Gildas Alexander visiting patients at the hospital for sick children in Toronto. Mm. Really awesome. He brought his bronze medal to make sure that all the kids were able to see it, fresh off his bronze medal win, of course, in the FIBA World Cup. You see oh, Shea awesome. made sure to wear his medal, taking photos with all of these little kids. Look at the joy on this young one's face, just seeing that, like the perfect. That's the first medal, that's the first medal
3: Canada's is ever won. This what
2: it is all yeah. about, Richard. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. At the start of every NBA season, ESPN's Tim Bontemps conducts a poll of NBA Insiders. You can check it out on ESPN.com. He talks to scouts, he talks to coaches, executives around the league to get some fun preseason predictions. So tell me, Richard Jefferson, if you agree with the results. Let's get it started right now. We're going to start with the best player in the NBA, the Finals MVP. Nikola Jokic was the overwhelming favorite, taking 13 out of the 15 votes. This is a big jump, right, considering over the last four years of this poll he never received a single vote in this category so those back-to-back mvps it didn't matter nearly as much as Jokic's title run this season Giannis, he got the other two votes he had won this category the past two years so did the voters get this right rich well 100 percent director of player, ambiance
3: director of ambiance thank you uh he is the best player on the planet currently uh two mvps and then winning a championship and a finals mvp
2: and really cruising through the league there's no question. Well, the question is who is going to be the best player in the league five years from now, right? Because another interesting poll question was what will Victor Wembanyama be in five years? He hasn't played in a single NBA game yet, but expectations are about as high as they get. The options are all-star, all-NBA, MVP caliber. Those are the options. Two-thirds of the voters said all-star for Wembenyama. For the record, he'll only be 24 years old at the time. Zach, are you surprised by this sort of measured reaction here?
4: First of all, I'm gonna anoint myself director of grouchiness. If Richard can create a job title, it was not created, they
3: they gave it to me, Zach. Oh. Congratulations.
4: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm very happy for you. I was actually surprised how few people, considering this is five years from now, yeah. thought Victor Wembanyama would be an all-NBA player by then. I think if you look at some of the forwards who have made all-NBA and you look at the 65-game threshold that's going to take out some of the older players, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already an all-NBA player by then if he stays healthy. And I, I'm a little surprised only two people, I mm-hmm. think, selected him there.
2: Well, you can't have a prediction segment and not talk about winning championships, right? So let's take a look at the poll results for conference champs. So we're going to start in the east here. Boston is in the east, and drumroll please, Denver is in the west. You can see where the votes shake out here. The Bucks get some, the Suns, and the Golden State Warriors. Perk, are you surprised by have the shakeout? I don't see the Lakers on here.
1: Well, I am, and look, the disrespect to the Milwaukee Bucks has to stop. Like the Boston Celtics, I get it, but again, it we haven't seen Kristaps Porzingis in the pressure moments. We haven't seen him in the pressure moments. It's easy to go put up a 20 plus in a Washington Wizards uniform with no expectations. I need to see what happens when he steps foot in that garden and those hostile fans start to get on his behind.
2: All right, but when it's all said and done, what about for the NBA title? A little <laughs> bit of a surprise here, Perk. The Boston Celtics beating the Denver Nuggets by just one vote. And the Celtics, they made some major changes, right, this offseason. Richard, do you share the same lack of confidence? It's all going to work in Boston.
3: Oh, hell no. I have no problem with with Boston being in the group. but Would I put them over the Denver Nuggets using what metric? What metric are you doing? There is no metric because even the Denver Nuggets players are young. So, Jamal Murray, you're not talking about are they getting old. They're in the prime of their career. They're not even in the prime. So Boston and their young superstars and Prazingis. Look, do you know what Jokic would do to Prazingis in a one-on-one matchup? We would have to turn off our televisions. It would be offensive. So, look, Denver Nuggets, they're the clear. Cut favorite until somebody proves me different.
2: This is Kristaps Porzingis working out, of course, yesterday at the Celtics facility. Hopefully, this is a good sign that he is on track to be back on the court yeah, soon. I used to
1: do those same exercises.
2: You do the same ones. Um, well, for the director don't, of don't. ambiance, the director of grumpiness, <laughs> and the one and only Kendrick Perkins, I'm Malika Andrews. Thank you so much for spending <laughs> some time with us here on NBA Today. We will <laughs> yeah. see you tomorrow. If you haven't Riz done, that, haven't it's done an a exercise. For- Ho ho ho!